Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a great story of making a neighbor up and move. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is bullying a bully. Terrible bosses are a tale as old as time itself. And if you've been in the work pool for a while, you might have had an encounter with one or two of them. This is my own little story of how my coworkers and I gave one of them the worst time of her life. I'm a 27-year-old male, and I live and work in Los Angeles. I've been the graphic designer for my job for nearly four years now, and I've loved it the entire time. After getting my degree in media studies, I moved to Cali with barely enough money for two months of rent and food while designing fake ads for brands on my Instagram and Pinterest until I got noticed by this startup brand and started designing for them. I can't tell you how lucky I was to get the job, but when I just got in, it was basically nothing. We were about four staff altogether, each person doing more than they signed up for with a salary that was just enough for rent and groceries. Within just six months of working our butts off, we were able to move into a much bigger workspace and increased to nearly five times the number of initial staff. And in a year, the company's net worth had quadrupled and so had its staff. Nothing made me feel prouder than having started with the company when it was four people, the owner included. I remained the graphic designer with a larger workload and even bigger pay. I've always appreciated stability, so knowing that I had a job that paid well and kept me employed was good. Plus, if they ever wanted to let me go, I had a good amount of work on my portfolio to land me another job. Working at my job was quite literally fun and games until the head of the business moved to a different city to start up another branch. Temporarily, I was put in charge of the entire office until the manager was appointed, and let me tell you, it was the most stressful three months of my life. The company started out as a cannabis supply chain that was illegally run by two people until they got a legal grant and started employing more people. Then it started to expand to other products, even having a group of scientists to do research and create as many THC-infused products as they possibly could. Within time, merch was also added, and we had a full-on clothing production. It was a lot, and I had to handle all of that and still consistently designed for the current LA branch and the new one as well. Does this paint a picture of how much work I had on my hands? By the middle of the fourth month of handling things, we got the great news that a new manager was coming all the way from Atlanta to manage the brand. I was super elated because exhaustion had become my best friend and I'd begun considering Botox and fillers to get rid of the eye bags. I was the one who went to pick the new manager up from the airport and she was so nice and smiley, extremely beautiful as well. From our little conversation, I could tell that she was smart and good at her job and I was just happy that I and the other members of the staff who had been working overtime could finally take a break. The new manager, we'll call her A, short for jerk, resumed work two hours earlier than usual. When we got to work, she was red in the face and threatening to fire everyone on the spot. 
To say that we were shocked would be the understatement of the year. It was different from the person to who we'd been introduced to. Nobody believed that she had had the power to fire anyone, but we decided that since it was her first time here, we wouldn't think too much about it. As a way to lighten up, one of the other four guys that started alongside me when we were just four staff, Cal, fake name, joked that employees had a discount on pre-rolls so she could snag one for herself and relax. This seemed to make her spiral and she immediately fired Cal. I had access to the boss, so I called him to help de-escalate the situation. Luckily he answered and we had an emergency meeting where he let us know that A was really in charge and could do as she felt necessary with the company. But then he told her that me, Cal, and the other two people who were with us at the beginning of the company were the only people she couldn't do away with. All of this happened on just the first day of A being manager, and immediately I knew that it was going to be the most exciting adventure of my entire career. Things were quiet for the next week or two, until A decided that she wanted to revoke all of our employee discounts so that we would begin paying full price for everything. If you're someone who currently lives in or has lived in Cali before, you would know that the cost of living is pretty high. Although I didn't have a problem with it because I earned much higher than some others, it would be unfair to those who depended on those discounts. Instead of staying the quiet graphics guy that only spoke up in dire situations and retreated back into the shadows when it was all over, I scheduled a one-on-one meeting with A to try to talk to her, since I was probably the only person who she hadn't had an altercation with. In the beginning, I thought the meeting was going well, until she picked up the papers containing the company's rules and regulations, tore them to pieces right in front of me and told me how she was in charge now and would run the company how she wanted. I very calmly told her that complaints would flood the CEO's emails, and it would raise suspicion and get them to come here at random times. She laughed and said it would be their word against hers because the profits would be soaring higher, and that's all she needed to stay in their good books. She wasn't wrong, and sales were pretty stable. So I knew that complaining was a lost cause and I had to do something to get A to get the heck out of the company before she destroyed something. As much as I wanted to stay out of drama, I was an integral part of this company and wanted the best for it. While I was thinking about how I wanted to go about things, A added me to her company hit list. No really, she literally had a list of people she wanted to get rid of and I was at like number 7 the CEO himself being at number one. We found this out because Cal and I started to work together to find a way to get some evidence to prove that A was a terrible manager. Besides the few complaints that had been classed as common misunderstandings in the workplace, there were no misunderstandings because A was just a bully. Work usually resumed at 10 a.m., but she made everyone come in two hours early, and if you were even a minute late, it was removed from your salary. There were no employee discounts, and Friday lunches were completely scrapped. All day, she just screamed at people, sometimes threw things at them, and was a witch in general. As for me, she made sure to tell me that none of the graphics I did looked good, and that I was completely useless. I'm an active therapy, so none of it really got to me, but it was hilarious to see her try, and even funnier to watch her get frustrated when she noticed that she wasn't getting to me. After hours one day, we stayed back and I used my spare key to let myself into A's office, just looking around. Cal went through her laptop 
while I looked around her office, and it didn't take him long to find a notes folder full of her very strong remarks about the CEO and how he was crap, and she planned on taking the company right from under his nose because she could handle it better than he could. But first, she needed to get some of us out of the way, Cal and I included. I found it funny, but Cal was enraged, and he said some very mean things about her. I asked him to calm down and look for more evidence, but the rest of her files and emails were protected by passwords. We got Stan the IT guy to come in the next night, and he was more than happy to help us out. Going through her email address was hilarious because this woman exchanged raunchy emails and images of herself with about three of the biggest jerks in the business world. These guys made their money by stealing small businesses and making them into their own. Unethical, but unfortunately legal. The basis of the sexual relationship they shared was a way to convince each of them to buy shares in a company that wasn't even hers. And by the way she spoke to them, it wasn't her first time doing this. After printing out evidence and taking all the necessary screenshots of things that we needed, everything was tucked neatly away. The next few days were absolutely hilarious because A was being her normal witchy self, but Cal, Stan, and I knew that we were about to ruin her, and it made us super happy. We waited and timed our little plan at the same time that the CEO was also coming to inspect how things were going in the company. While we were waiting, we continued to dig up as much evidence that was even completely unrelated to the case we were pursuing, but would also screw her up. It turned into one big project, and it even felt like high school again, and I was preparing for the science fair. A few days before the meeting, I asked the CEO if all three of us could attend because we had some things to input, and as the really chill guy he was, he agreed without asking too many questions. He even asked us to go first, much to the chagrin of A. We started by playing a couple of videos where she was obviously being mean to workers and screaming at them, throwing things at some of them, and one clip of her hitting a janitor. Then we introduced screenshots of the email handing the printed copies to the boss and letting him read through them before switching places and explaining things to him. A was so shocked that she sank deeper into her seat with every new piece of evidence that we showed, her face devoid of every color. I almost felt bad for her. Almost, but not quite because she deserved this for every small business that she had screwed over after being paid to manage. I was shocked that she was rated so highly and had nearly zero bad reviews. As an encore, we also showed the boss that barely any profit was made in all the six months that she had been managing the company. After our presentation was over, the boss asked A to prove that what we said against her was all a lie, but she was completely silent, staring straight at the wall. Right there, he fired her and then informed her to get her lawyers ready because he would be suing her. The funniest part was that Stan was live streaming everything from the company's Instagram account. Over 10,000 people were informed of the kind of person A was, which already made a huge dent in her career. The case was settled out of court, and Gal became the new manager of the LA branch. It worked out perfectly because we were both in it from the start, and his goals aligned with that of the company. Last I heard of A, she moved to Utah to manage a few ranches there and start up from scratch. I wish her the best, but Stan's considered re-uploading the live stream again so that she gets some more heat all over again. 
Although the end goal is extremely clear and it's understandable why they did it, are you guys as surprised as I am that they didn't get in any trouble here or have any mention about the fact that they essentially hacked into her email and snooped through her email? Like, yeah, they uncovered some real hefty stuff in there, but at the same time, they brought the IT guy in to log them into another employee's email behind their back. Isn't that worth at least a mention? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is nosy neighbor ruins my party, so I made her move. One of the many life lessons that I've learned in my 18 years on earth, which I'm surely going to pass on to my kids, is the fact that most people are crazy. And to relate with these crazy people, you have to be a little bit crazy too. My worst experience with a crazy person to date was with my nosy neighbor. Let's call her Jane. Jane ruined my party and destroyed my chances of ever being one of the cool kids in school. Well, I couldn't have that, so I got my pound of flesh. But let's start at the top. All my life, well, till I was 15, I lived in the city with my parents. My dad owned a small hardware store on DeKalb Avenue between Cumberland and Carlton, Brooklyn. Mom was a nurse in Lenox Hill Hospital, Manhattan. We lived in a tiny apartment in Manhattan. I was the only child and life was very good. Then one day, out of the blue, my parents decided that it was time to move. They explained that they never planned to stay so long in the city after they started their family. They wanted a white picket fence kind of house in a quiet... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I had neighborhood, but because money was tight, they had to work extra hard to get by. But at that time, they had saved enough money to buy a house in the suburbs. I openly protested this decision because I wasn't a creature of change. I loved to stay within my comfort zone, and moving to another apartment threatens my comfort. I'll have to go to a new school, meet new people, make new first impressions, try to make new friends, try out for the football squad. Ugh, that was just so stressful. Anyways, I didn't have much choice in the matter, so I went with it. We moved to a suburb in Virginia and contrary to my initial beliefs, I actually liked the place. It was way different from Manhattan. It was clean and quiet and peaceful. Okay, that was total BS. I hated the suburbs. I loved the noise in Manhattan and the view of the cars moving about. I'd even gotten used to the smell of trash, which was always sitting on every corner in the city. But most of all, I missed my friends from school. The first few days in our new house, I moped about, giving my parents the silent treatment. But as time went on, I started to see the appeal of the suburbs. I started to like the quietness. I could focus more on my books and stuff. My room was also bigger and I didn't have to share bathrooms with my parents. Thank God. The neighbors were also surprisingly nice. Unlike in New York where everybody minds their business, 
During our first week in the suburbs, our next door neighbors, the Pratts, came to formally welcome us into the neighborhood with one of the best blueberry pies I've ever had. They hit it off with my parents almost immediately. That night, they invited us over to their place for dinner, and I met their daughter named Ariana. We were both high school sophomores, and we had a lot to talk about. We hung out for most of that long summer holiday, and she promised to introduce me to her friends when school resumes. But just a few weeks before resumption, they announced that they were traveling to a country in Europe I didn't know how to pronounce. I was really sad to see them go. Ariana was the only friend I actually had at the time, and she had promised to help make my adjustment period in my new school as comfortable as possible. Anyways, I understood that she didn't have much of a choice in the matter, like me. Anyways, a few days after the Pratts moved out, a woman named Jane moved into their house. The first time I saw her, I decided that I didn't like her. She was yelling at the taxi driver that dropped her off, and I knew that we weren't going to have the same rapport as the Pratts. My mom decided that since we were part of the suburban family now, we should carry on the tradition of welcoming the new neighbors into the neighborhood. She prepared a chicken casserole, and we all went to do the big welcome. (sighs) We should have stayed at home. We knocked on her front door, and Jane received us with open arms. At first, I thought I had the wrong impression of her, but when she invited us into her home, my parents had a short conversation with her. During that time, I noticed the arrogant and condescending tone with which she talked to my parents. She bragged about her successful startup and even dropped some snide remarks about my dad's modest hardware store, which was due to open soon. Jane was divorced, no surprise there. A few days later, my mom and Jane had their first altercation. My mom came home that day from the convenience store and rushed inside the house to get her hospital scrubs. She had the afternoon shift at the local hospital she worked in. Her car had a battery issue, so she left the engine running. She didn't want to spend any more time trying to get the battery to start. When she emerged from the house, Jane was already outside waiting for her. Mom greeted her with a smile, but Jane stared back at her with a deep scowl on her face. When mom got close enough, Jane went on a terribly long rant about how my mom is one of the people ruining the world and how she was insensitive to other people. I don't know the full details because I was in my room playing some video games at the time, and when I noticed the noise and went downstairs, mom had already gotten in her car and driven off. When mom mentioned it at the dinner table that night, I laughed it off. I knew she was a jerk, but I didn't peg her as an uptight jerk. I had my own altercation with Jane just two days after that. I was playing fetch with my dog, Kane. One time I threw my frisbee with too much force, and it glided into Jane's front yard. She was outside at the time reading a book. When the frisbee fell on her lawn, she walked over to pick it up. I expected her to throw it back, but to my surprise, she broke it in two and then walked into her house like nothing happened. I told my parents about this, and when they confronted her, she told them that her lawn is not a dump, and the next time I make a mistake like that, she's going to make sure we get fined. What? Could she even do that? Anyways, we decided to just stay the heck away from her so we wouldn't have to find out. A few weeks later, I started my new school. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't really good either. I had a really hard time introducing myself and talking to the other kids. During the lunch break, I didn't get invited to the lunch tables in the cafeteria, so I had to sit by myself at one of the abandoned tables at the far end of the hall. Anyways, as the days went by, I started to make some friends... 
Most of them were nerds, not my usual crowd, but I had to make do. During football tryouts, I made sure to impress the coach and the other players, and I became the newest member of the team. I felt elated because I thought that this was it. I was finally on the ins with the popular kids in school, but that was far from the truth. During one lunch break, I tried to sit at the football players' table, but they stopped me. The captain of the team said that I had to earn the honor of the jocks' quarters, as they called it, before I could sit with them. When I asked how, they said that I had to throw one of the best house parties to prove myself worthy. House parties? What? I have never even been to a house party before, not to talk of actually throwing one. I explained this to them, but they shrugged me off, giving me an ultimatum of four weeks to throw a killer party. I told my nerd friends about this, and we did our research. Then we pooled resources together. The most important thing for the party was, of course, booze. One of my friends, Jake, handled that. Apparently, he had a keg guy. My other friend decided to take care of the music. The next problem on the list was my parents. Of course, I couldn't tell them that I wanted to throw a party. No parent would allow that. So I decided to throw the party on a Saturday when they were scheduled to be away from home. Mom and dad had to spend the weekend with grandma in Ohio and I had to do a lot of convincing that I was going to be fine alone at home before they agreed. Just don't throw any wild parties while we're away, my dad joked. And I laughed nervously. He had no idea. Anyways, Saturday came and my friends arrived first and they helped me set up. Jake brought in the keg and Mike set up the music. By 7pm, the people from school started to arrive. I stood outside on the lawn and out of the corner of my eye, I saw Jane on her porch smoking a cigarette. I waved and then walked over to her fence. Then I told her I was having a little get-together. She merely shrugged and then told me to not turn the music all the way up because she's had a rough day at the office and she wanted some peace and quiet. I said okay and she walked into her house. I was so happy. Surprised, but happy that she didn't make a fuss about the party. Looks like our neighbor Jane had a cool side after all. Or at least that's what I thought. Psych! 30 minutes into the party, we heard a loud knock on the door. I hurried over to open it, thinking it was another schoolmate. My eyes widened in shock when I saw it was two policemen standing by the door, with Jane behind them. My schoolmates hurried out through the kitchen and back doors as the men walked in, breaking up the party. They couldn't arrest them all for underage drinking, so they arrested me instead. When they questioned me about how I got the keg, I didn't want to tell them about Jake because I didn't want to put him in trouble. I had to tell them eventually when they threatened me with juvie. I had to spend the night in police custody. My parents flew back the next morning, and they were held responsible for my mistake. They had to pay a huge fine before I was set free. The police went ahead to question Jake and he had to give up his keg guy, which turned out to be his older brother who worked in a beer store. He was fined by the police and fired by the manager of the store. I was grounded for the entire school year and my phone and video game privileges were taken from me. I was so sad and angry. Not because I was grounded or busted for throwing the party, but because of the ripple effect it had on the people around me. My parents, Jake and his brother. This all happened because Jane decided to report me to the police. One night, I lay on my bed and I tried to figure out why she decided to call the police. We weren't even playing loud music. I tossed and turned and still came up with nothing. 
no reason at all. That was when it dawned on me that she was even worse than the uptight jerk I pegged her as. That same night, I vowed to get my revenge, no matter what it took. The next week, I went back to school and tried to apologize to Jake, but he wouldn't talk to me. Then I moved on to explain the Jane situation to my other friends. I told them I wanted revenge. They were reluctant to help at first, but they agreed eventually. During the lunch break, we came up with our plan. After a few minutes of brainstorming, we decided to cause an infestation in her house. I was skeptical about the plan for a while because where on earth are we going to find sewer rats? Leave that to me, Mike said confidently. And to my surprise, a few days later, during lunch break, we ditched school and he led us to an abandoned warehouse where he had stashed a wooden crate filled with black sewer rats. He made me promise to not name him to the police if things go south. I had to carry out the next phase of my plan alone while my friends returned to school before the end of lunch break. I couldn't wait until the end of school because Jane might have gotten back from work, and also because I was still grounded, I couldn't stay out a minute longer than needed. I quickly rode my bike to Jane's, climbed over the backyard fence, I wore a baseball cap and made sure to stay out of sight, and then I got to the back door. I used some paper clips to pick the locks and then I walked into the house. I released some rats in the living room, some in the bedroom, and the rest in the kitchen. I went back the same way I came, discarded the crate, and cycled back to school. I missed physics class, but I was on time for math. By the end of the school day, I cycled back home, past Jane's house. I saw her on the lawn pacing and yelling at someone on the phone. When I walked into my living room, my mom ran over to me excitedly. She told me what had happened. She came home from work just about the same time that Jane got back too. My mom was still in the driveway pulling out some groceries from her car when she heard loud screaming from Jane's house. She rushed over to check on Jane and that was when she saw them. The rats. On the chairs, tables, everywhere. They had destroyed her food in the kitchen, even her clothes in her closet. When I asked my mom how the rats got in, she said it might have been sabotage because her back door was unlocked. Anyways, Jane had to stay in the hotel for a few days till the exterminator could get the rats out. When she came back, she put up the house for sale and moved away. Apparently she was scared that someone might be after her. Her ex-husband maybe. I had a good laugh with my friends when I told them what had happened. I was so happy that she moved away. My plan worked way better than I actually expected. The house is still on the market today, and I just hope the next person that moves in would be better. And if not, I could always get a crate of sewer rats to take care of them. If you're living in an area where you've pissed off the neighbors enough to the point where they're putting black sewer rats in your house, breaking and entering just to do that, honestly, it's probably for the best that you get up and move out of there because... I don't think you're salvaging any relationship that has soured that far. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 